I think it's always about, you know, how you are able to plan. You really have to be intentional and intensive about planning your days. Otherwise, things just slip through the cracks. You're totally right in terms of the top three priorities you put on the times. You don't just list the top three uh, for those who are listening. You would prioritize. It's top three, but what is actually number one? I, I number them. I actually have a post-it too, like, and I check it off. Like, this is number one, two, three, so that I it's mentally in my mind the priority. It's very important to look a week ahead or look the day ahead too of things that are coming up, so that you don't miss things. Welcome to the Immigrant Doctor Podcast, a podcast for financially focused immigrant physicians and other medical professionals looking to learn investing in the U.S. market and achieving financial freedom. Join Avishkar, the Immigrant Doctor, as he talks to high achievers and go-getters who unravel their journeys, hardships, and successes, helping you to get your financial freedom. To learn more, go to theimmigrantdoctor.com. Folks, um, some of my guests may actually have, uh, you know, some mentorship programs. They may have some deals that they're working on and uh, you might get interested in working with them. But uh, please bear in mind that I haven't done any due diligence on what they are offering. Um, and you should do your own due diligence before you start working with them. Having said that, you know, these are very high quality guests that I'm trying to bring on so that they can provide good value to you. And, you know, they're hardworking individuals and they have... Uh, integrity when they work, but you should definitely do your own due diligence. Um, I I haven't done that due diligence on um, you know what their programs are, what their deals are. Um, so please do your due diligence. Um, I don't want to be held liable for anything that they are offering, and you join that program or that deal with them uh, because you heard it on my podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Immigrant Doctor Podcast. I have with me Dr. Ann Sung. Uh, believe it or not, she actually works for NASA. Um, this is the first physician that I've met who actually works at NASA. And so her background is she's emergency medicine, critical care, and aerospace medicine trained. I honestly didn't even know that there was a field like aerospace medicine. But, you know, I will let her talk more about herself because she's super accomplished. And now she works as a productivity coach. She even has a podcast. I don't know how she manages all these right. things that she's doing. And that's why I wanted to bring her on so that we could talk about how we can optimize our time, how we can be more productive with the time that we have. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day and we want to make sure that we are optimizing ourselves to utilize those 24 hours to the best of our abilities. So welcome, Anna. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. And thank you so much uh, for having me on the show and for your kind words and great introduction as well. So I, I do work full-time for NASA Monday through Friday, and I work part-time in the ER and the ICU as, you know, PRN. And then I do uh, real estate investing and productivity MD is my brand. I do productivity coaching for physician entrepreneurs. Um, and I have the podcast called It's Not Rocket Science Show. And really, I was productive before, efficient before, but once I had my baby a year ago, in order to keep scaling to to achieve the five freedoms so I can spend time with him and my family and not go crazy with all the things that are added when you have a baby, I was actually forced to become, to supercharge my productivity. So that was a journey uh, in and of itself just this past year. And uh, I, I would say I exponentially grew my productivity just from having the baby. 
Yeah, uh, it's, you know, having kids is a game changer because everything goes out of the window. You know, you plan your schedule and you don't know what's going to happen next. So I completely hear what you're saying. But, you know, you were mentioning about the five freedoms. Let's just dive into that. What, what exactly are those five freedoms that we are all looking for? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, before productivity, uh, before learning the tactics of productivity is you have to first come up with your why. And if you don't have a strong enough why, you free up all this time, you're doing busy work that doesn't really move you towards the vision. So a lot of times I think I would tell my clients, you know, you envision yourself and when you're 85 years old or 90 years old, what are you doing at that time? Who are you spending your time with? What are you contributing to? What type of residual income do you have? And so the five freedoms is something I learned from my own coach, uh, Dr. Vikram Raya. So you would have your physical freedom, right? Like uh, vitality freedom, your physical health. And of course, you have the financial freedom where you have enough residual income to live off of without trading time for it. And you have the time freedom where you're able to take off, spend time with the people you love, go travel to get away um, if for as long as you want. You have geographic freedom so you can really live anywhere and still be able to operate your business, your coaching or whatever you are doing, right? And then so let's see, we have uh, emotional freedom is the last one as well. So what that means is that you are stress-proof, you are resilient. Anything that comes at you, you're zen like a monk and you have enough EQ, emotional um, intelligence to uh, think things through, change the meaning of things and not let anything uh, distract you or affect your emotions and you're, you're very stable, just kind of like this. So those are the five freedoms I would like to achieve which is why, and I want to achieve it fast. I don't want to wait until I'm 60, 70. So that, which is why I learned to basically scale everything I'm doing so I can get there faster. Where are you at with respect to these five freedoms? Five freedoms, I'm guessing it's going to be another 10 years. So that's <laughs> okay. what I'm thinking. So it's not today. <laughs> it's not today. It will be incremental. It will be one at a time. I think my vitality freedom is almost there. Um, because uh, I eliminated a night shift, so that's already one step forward. Um, but I think I would like to get to the point where um, I do have like H. pylori, which I'm trying to get rid of. We think it's from my travel back in the day where we were traveling for like nine months, eight, eight months out of, you know, around the world. And so I'm just waiting until I'm, I stop breastfeeding so that I can like get this treated once or for all. So once that's done, I think I will have the vitality freedom. Uh, location and time. Those are in work. I'm currently with NASA, so I don't have the location freedom or the time freedom right now. Um, location, time, emotional freedom. I would say I may be like 75, 80% there. Oh, you know, things always come back. Childhood trauma, you know, stressors always come back and it's just practices and how you, you just practice how you deal with them. And then uh, financial freedom. I'm hoping actually in five years, I will reach that goal. So yeah, I think it's always a work in progress, right? It's not going to be once and done because always new things keep coming up and you have to kind of tackle those. But, you know, talk to us about your journey from being a physician. So you trained in critical care, you trained in emergency medicine, and then you actually went into aerospace medicine. And now you're kind of transitioning towards becoming a productivity coach. What what made you go take this route to get here? And how's your journey been so far with this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, three years of emergency medicine training, two years of anesthesia critical care, two more years of uh, aerospace medicine. 
uh, which includes a master in public health, and then full-time now hired on by NASA right after graduation. So I'm not actually transitioning into coaching. It's actually coaching uh, part-time, very, very selective group of clients, very part-time and very few hours a month. But that is, you know, my passion is productivity and efficiency. It's always like my my zone of genius, you know, not just from me, but from everybody else is that I am the most efficient person they know. So, and I can get things done. I can set a goal and I can get things done. Like it took me 16 years to get to the role of fly surgeon in NASA, but I set that goal when I was uh, 19 and I got it. So, wow. Um, so I would say in the, the real estate as well, it was started just a few years ago because I knew that, you know, that is one way for people to get wealthy for residual income. I have to learn about it. So I made the time to do it. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Your, your question is just kind of about the journey of how I got uh, the podcast was um, I wanted to uh, initially the podcast was like the idea was I wanted to share all these ideas on health, on productivity on a mindset that I've learned. Uh, initially, I was going to write, but I met somebody at the Mind Valley Conference who was a podcast coach. So I turned the podcast route and I'm so happy about it because I can speak way better than I can sit down and write. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I echo the same sentiment. <laughs> yes. It's very hard to write. It's easier to talk to people. <laughs> yes, well, yes, it's fun. How, how do you, yeah, and it's fun. Well, how do you how do you balance all of this? You know, you have your your full time job, and then you have your part time job, and then you on top of that you have your real estate, you have your baby, and you have your podcast, uh, and then you have your coaching. How are you managing all of this so effectively? Yeah, so everything was started serially. They were not started. That's very important. It's focus. So you know, originally, yes, it was the residency, fly surgeon job, right? And then after that, the next focus is hiring a coach for the podcast. And it took a year plus to launch, a year to think about it, to take action, and then another year to actually launch it. So it was a long process. And now it's automated to the point where I could just record. I take 30 minutes to less an hour to record. And I've hired an executive assistant and boom, like he will do everything. He doesn't process it, but he will do everything that he needs to do to send it to the podcast production team. So literally my time commitment in a month is two hours or less because he also takes care of all the scheduling as well. Um, once that's automated, then it's the real estate. It takes some initial work. After that, it gets more automated, lots and lots of time, lots of work. So I was not doing any coaching at that time. Then it started getting better. I started learning more Then diving into coaching. So again, it, everything is serial focus, not simultaneous distraction from each other, if that makes sense. And yeah, the no, I, think, I think that really makes sense. No, yeah. I think that makes sense. And, you know, it just reminds me, the fact that you're mentioning about the assistant uh, reminds me of a book called Who Not How, because a lot of times we try to do, especially as physicians, we, we feel that we can do everything ourselves. Not to say that we cannot, but sometimes it's actually better to delegate that task to somebody else so that that can free up time for us. Yes, exactly. Um, I think the, the people, it's the people who is who are going to allow you to do the things you want that everybody want to work, that you all want to work at your zone of genius, the, le the highest level of your training, right? Our highest level of our training is not to sit there and fill out forms for credentialing or to go fill out some other, like to sign something, to go renew something online and put in the credit card. 
that's not our zone of genius. But sometimes even going on the DEA website to remember your password, your login, and to reveal, I mean, it just takes a while. It takes an hour. And then you multiply that by your hourly rate. And that's how much it costs for you to do something that is just like form filling and renewals. So I've learned since a baby to outsource a ton. We have a house manager. Uh, we had an au pair. We're changing to a new au pair. Uh, we have daycare. And then we also have my executive assistant at the same time, you know, outsourcing a lot of like handyman, lawn care, cleaners, et cetera. So uh, the more people you outsource to, the more people you have to manage. So that's a huge thing as well that I've learned that you actually can only effectively manage three to five people at a time. And uh, we actually had to do some reorganization of our household uh, on people management. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not just about the dollar value of time. You know, I was, I've thought about this a lot. And what I realized yeah. was that it's also about the emotional value of the time spent, right? So say, for example, filling out a form may take like five minutes, but it's not about what else you could do in terms of just earning money in those five minutes, but also about the fact what you could do that would be enjoyable for you in those five minutes. So it's not necessarily just the amount of money that you earned. And do you do you see this kind of a perspective when you're talking to your clients? Oh, yes. Yes. Like a lot of it is a mindset shift. Um, so initially it's like, well, you know, Amazon returns. It's way easier if I do my own Amazon returns on Amazon and just click through it, get the QR code because I'm the one who knows which product needs to be returned. But you're sitting there and doing multiple clicks, looking at your screen. And then if your baby is on the side, you know, watching goo, it's distracted parenting, right? Unless you go to another room. But I'm very huge on, you know, not being that distracted parent at the screen and having my baby feel like the screen is more important than I am. So if I am focused on this, even though I can do it very quickly for five minutes, um, the cost or what I'm saying no to is being present with my baby. And the cost may be that he actually feels like he's not cared for. So you have to think about the cost and the things you're saying no to. The emo like you don't get excited about going online to do Amazon returns, really. You don't really feel happy, but you will feel happy spending time with your baby and feeding your baby and playing with him. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something. And that's important to realize too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So think about it in terms. So a very, very commonly is, you know, letting go of control too. Like I can do it better than they can. So, you know, if you can, it takes a, it's an art to train your assistant, number one, to find the right assistant who matches you, who is resourceful, who's intelligent enough. But once you find that right one, you can train that person on one task one time and then you don't ever have to do it ever again. And then you stack the a new task and then you don't ever have to do that again. And they can learn your ways and they can do it as well as you would or even better sometimes because they have yeah, the time and, and to yeah, train themselves. I, I, I had the same experience, you know, when I had my previous podcast, I would spend hours and hours just uh, editing my podcast episodes because I felt that I nobody else could do it better than I could. And I had to actually lose, I had to kind of uh, work with that that feeling of ownership and the fact that I'm giving control to somebody when I gave it to my podcast editor. But you know what, when I gave that uh, that piece of work to my podcast editor, that would actually, that ended up freeing up almost like three hours a week for me. 
and the results were way better than I was actually producing for my for my podcast. So I think it's it's about letting go of that fear that you're going to lose control over something and understanding that there's always a workaround. That's that's super helpful, uh, you know, when we're delegating tasks. But you know, uh, I'm sure your 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 uh, clients, uh, you know, physicians who come to you are probably overwhelmed because we're busy professionals, right? What are the common challenges that that you come across that they that they you know experience? Um, I would say number one thing is focus. Um, we take on too many things at one time. That was my number one challenge when I first started as well, um, because we can do a lot and we have the capability of learning. So we want to do real estate. We want to do a podcast. We want to write a book. We want to also do this with our kids. We want to travel and then we want to also do our full-time job and the hospital perhaps. Um, and then socialize, et cetera. And then so we don't have the focus down to, I would say the first thing is focusing down to five major goals a year. And really, if you have children or a spouse, the first one is a goal of you, your health, your well-being, your mind. Number two is your spouse. A lot of times I see that the spouse is lumped in with the kids. So the spouse actually don't get their attention, the relationship. We think it's good, so we don't need to work on it. And then you see that the couple actually just grows apart or they become like work parents. So they, it's just about, you know, baby care logistics. The romance goes away. There's no more date nights, uh, like a, a date every few months or none at all, or no date unless it's with kids. Um, so the spouse needs a category. Um, kids, of course, creating experiences. It, it takes intention to parent, I feel like, um, for me. Uh, not everybody will agree. I think some people think that parenting is just intuition. But for me, I think it does take intention to learn a little bit more about the right way to talk to your kids, the right way to deal with the uh, toddler tantrum, um, et cetera. So it takes intention of work and scheduling things. Yeah, how do you help people get that intentionality for what they're doing? What what are the some some of the ways that you tell them to navigate? Because I think essentially that's that's what's important, right? Like when you're doing something, you need to do it intentionally. Even in fostering good positive relationships, you need that intention to be there. It's active work that you're supposed to do. How how do you help uh, your clients uh, work through that and realize that uh, that intentionality is needed? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we just initially we said we can only pick five. We already talked about the top three and then the other two, you can pick whatever. It can be real estate, it can be your primary work. Things you're actively working on, not something that's already automated and on autopilot. Then we set a 90 day goal. So uh, like Q1, you want to like a smart goal, essentially, like, uh, I don't know, lose 15 pounds or 30 pounds by Q1. Or really, we don't do pounds. We say body fat percentage um, or by uh, June, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. So what do we need to do in order to get it? And then we have action steps. And then so any challenges that come up, we have a strategy against it. If you're distracted, if you're not eating optimally for energy, if tech is distracting you, if there's a way in your morning routine or evening routine that is not optimized. Um, and then also we all talk about, you know, family time blocking, calendar blocking, et cetera. Okay. So it just depends and, on the situation. Depends on the situation. And what about um, getting focus, um, you know, and staying motivated through the process? How how do you help people do that? So um, the focus comes from accountability to a coach. So that really helps too. When we have biweekly calls, then you have to tell me what happened. You know, what progress have you made? 
we have like uh, a database and we have uh, logged of everything that your, your status, um, your goal, where we are on that. We have status checks. And then if we need to pivot, then we'll pivot. We may find out that, you know, real estate may not be this route. This may not be the good route for you. I had to pivot from active real estate to passive real estate to focus on productivity MD. So that's my zone of genius. My zone of genius is not uh, dealing and calling uh, contractors and property management and, and uh, assessing tenants. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's one thing regarding focus. And I would say in terms of other types of focus and distractions, we engineer the human out of it. First thing, we use tech to engineer distractions, grayscale, no notifications, time blocking or you know, bashing your email checks, text checks, et cetera, and setting your top three goals the night before. So those are the brief summary of what we can do for focus. Very cool. Very cool. And you know, you had mentioned that uh, you have achieved, uh, you know, to achieve uh, success and fulfillment, you have to be uh, uncomfortable in certain uh, certain s steps that you take because really that's how you grow and then you know uh, become successful. Can you share some examples from your life where you were sort of uncomfortable and how did you how did you actually tackle that situation? Um, are you talking about more emotionally <laughs> uncomfortable or are you talking about more I like think physical? So. I think I think I think both are tied and I think for 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 anybody to grow that's what i feel at least in my personal life as well like you have to take actions that are outside of your comfort zone and i think first it starts mentally right so for example i know that you you track to the base of mount everest right even for that the thought of it to me would be initially emotionally uncomfortable if i thought of it but you have to get comfortable with the idea of that before you start taking on the next step so, so how did you kind of go through that, uh, you know, that process? If you have any examples that you want to share, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, my process is maybe a little bit different. My intrinsic process, because um, I think from a very young, I'll talk about a process that maybe the audience can use in a pro, and then uh, for me, I think from a very young age, just through like you know multiple challenges I've taken on, and maybe this applies to people too. And with each challenge I take on, I've always been able to accomplish it. So ever since I was in college, I think I've gotten to the mindset already that whatever I want to do, I can do it. No matter how hard it is, I will find a way to do it. So I've gotten into that mindset already. Of course, some, something, sometimes that feeling still comes back that it's hard, um, but everything is action and consistency, action and consistency and, and strategy. So uh, I think my way of dealing with this is... I always strategize an action plan for it to not make it hard. What's difficult is the unknown. The fear is the unknown. And really, the first step is that you want to find out more information about it, really, to figure out the blind spots. And the same thing with real estate. The first step is the unknown. You don't know anything about real estate, so you're scared to dive in. So my first step was to go into semi-retired MD and then learn about it or to find a coach, et cetera. So if you wanted to do Everest Base Camp, never trekked before when, you know, uh, I did it in medical school. So I uh, did an 18-mile trek before. I read everything, all of the equipment that's needed. Um, and then so I made sure, like, I trained as much as I could. And then I knew that there were a ton of people who have done it. And I just have to make sure I talk to the right person. So another fear, maybe, like, at least for me, 
you know, I work very infrequently in the ER and ICU because the astronauts are very healthy. So I do like one or two shifts a month. Uh, it's not consistent enough. So oh, there's always a little bit of fear or trepidation, um, like going into an ER shift. You know, what if I have to intubate somebody and I haven't or do a chest tube and I haven't done that for for a few months? Um, but uh, my strategy there's like, no, I can do it. It's action consistency. The strategy is you do a mental practice, essentially. If you haven't done it for a long time, you can literally do a visual imagery of how to intubate someone or, you know, if you have to do a bronch or if you have to do a chest tube and then it comes back. So I would say that uh, first find out more information, figure out the blind spots, figure out an action plan, figure out the risks, um, all the risks and fear set. So that's what uh, Retro Branson does. And that's what Tim Ferriss does. All of the fears. And then you do mitigation strategies for each fear or each risk. So one last example I'll tell you was I was a little scared because I was trying to evict a tenant uh, because he wasn't paying rent. So I was really stressed out about it. Um, and then I then did the fear setting. I was like, okay, the worst case scenario if this tenant doesn't pay and we can't evict him for this long, then the worst case scenario is, uh, I'll lose $6,000. Okay, I'm fine. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever happens, eventually he will get out. And I felt more settled after that, if that makes sense. The fear setting really helps. No, I think it, it makes sense because even, you know, with fear, a lot of times what happens is that we kind of zoom into that particular situation and everything around us is kind of uh, sort of like the walls kind of close in and you're just so focused on that particular situation. But I think what you're talking about is sort of zooming out and looking at the larger picture and understanding it, uh, that particular situation in the larger scheme of things like you for, for that tenant that you said um, that you had to evict, like looking at it from a broader perspective, okay, in the larger scheme of things, what's the worst that's going to happen? And that has helped me as well in terms of, you know, tackling those fears around a particular thing. A corollary to that would be also, um, say, money, right? A lot of times um, people are fearful about certain certain amounts of money, like how will I ever achieve that? But I think once you start getting comfortable with the ideas around around having that amount or around achieving that particular, particular feat, um, then you start finding ways to achieve it. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's always like chunking down. Regarding the money, you chunk down. Like, say, I want, I don't know, 50. Ah, let's just make it easy. If I want 120K of residual income a year, that means that, you know, in a month, I need 10K of residual income. So, how many units do I need for 10K of residual income? Okay, I can do like one or two units a year and how long it'll take you there. So, like, logically think through it. Very cool. Well, you know, you clearly have had a remarkable life so far. You've achieved a lot of things in your life. Uh, what are some of the goal-setting techniques that have helped you um, get to your success so far? Um, I will talk about the, I guess, daily... Oh, well, let me zoom out first and then zoom back in. Maybe that might make a little bit more sense. I talk about, you know, five freedoms, the vision I have when I'm 90, and then I come down to one year. Uh, one year, I just have like five goals, really, and then every 90 days, there are like milestones towards that each goal. Like say flight surgeon work, certification, uh, uh, coaching, uh, me, myself, baby. That's it. That's those five. That's it. So, and then, so 
zooming in even more, um, every every month I have written down like, well, actually the year, there's also a battle board. Uh, I don't have it on me to show you, or maybe I do actually. Every year ahead of time, I have like a battle board of things I want to achieve, things I want to feel, how I want to celebrate. Um, wow. so this is like 12, 12 months. <laughs> That's a busy board. <laughs> yeah. Ahead of time. And I would check off. Did I achieve it? Did I not achieve it? And if I need to pivot, if I need to move things, that's totally okay. And then, um, I have a clever Fox planner, no financial, uh, affiliations with them. It's a 90 day goal setting book. Um, you look at your monthly schedule and then you look a week ahead to look at your meetings, uh, any things you need to do. And then daily. So the night daily. So the night before I set my top three priorities for the day, I open up all any slideshows, articles I need to read already. So I don't have to mess around in my email to find it or go online at all to get distracted. And then um, the morning I go through my day. Everything is very time blocked. And then at night, uh, time blocked like family time also. And then uh, do the gratitude journaling or a reflection journaling. It's within Clever Fox. So I would say that's how I goal set. It's from outwards in. And if there is a task, I serve other people's in, in the afternoon and I do my top three priority tasks in the morning. And if there's a task that doesn't serve my five goals that I typically either don't do, eliminate it or I serve people in the afternoon after I've already done my top three. You know, there are a lot of productivity books out there. There are a lot of tools out there, um, like, you know, the Eisenhower Matrix, and there's a to-do list, and then there's this, some, somebody says, oh, to-do lists are ex extinct or old, and that you shouldn't use them. What would be your top five sort of tools that you recommend to your clients to use, um, you know, in their daily lives? So I, I, I use the Eisenhower Matrix, actually, when I'm really overwhelmed. So it's really helped. Uh, I use it between the household. Um, so when uh, my husband and I just moved into a home with the baby, we listed out everything and then we put them in respective categories and figured out what can be eliminated or what can be delegated or automated. So that really helps me. The Clever Fox Planner helps me organize things already. It gives me prompts. Um, the Inbox When Ready, I love it for as a Gmail extension. Um, I would say it was like one of my top hack in terms of not getting distracted when I go into my email. If you download the extension, the email just is blank until you press show inbox. So you can go in in the morning, compose or search for the email you need to respond to and just get out without getting distracted. I know some people actually get stressed out and fe fear themselves getting, they know they're going to get distracted, but they have to go in uh to their email and they actually get stressed out so now you no longer have to worry about that um so and then another thing regarding technology hacks um i turn off all of my notifications on any messaging and their app and they're all on the second screen of the iphone so any skype whatsapp facebook messenger text message emails they're all on the second screen and i batch them uh, and check it twice uh, a day. But I also have my work phone. So that's the difference. I can silence all my personal phone all day, but my work phone is people can get a hold of me if they need to. Um, and I would say um, we're talking about like more focus and goal setting. Is that correct? Um, I, I do think that, again, setting your three top three priorities the night before is super important. 
And so that if you can enact this habit, sleep to flow, you will find that you can achieve a ton in just one one morning or even a whole day. You can fit a month's worth of work in one day, perhaps, if you do like a flow day. So what sleep to flow is, you wake up, you go to the restroom, everything's already ready on your computer or your desk, and you just go straight into it. You don't do meditation. You don't do anything. I do cold shower because I don't like doing it. So I like to get out of the way. But you don't do anything else until that hour to hour and a half of flow work, deep work is done. Then I would brush my teeth. Um, I would do like any meditation as a break. I would, you know, make my matcha and go back for another flow session, usually 60 to 90 minutes. So by enacting that, I had like 10 plus slide presentations to do. They're pretty technical and complicated, has to do with engineering. And I was going to do like, I don't know, one every two days. It'll take me like, it would have taken me like a month to complete all 10 presentations. And uh, I did a flow day and I did it all in one day before like 3 p.m. Amazing. So, amazing. So it's sort of yeah. like batching things together and making sure that you're optimizing particular times of the day for uh, for your tasks. Um, and I think um, what you're mentioning about the fact uh, that, you know, you use early mornings for your work, for like the heavy duty work, um, is also uh, sort of ties into, I remember reading a book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And I think it talks about, uh, you know, doing um, doing the, 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 the heavy weight lifting sooner rather than checking off the low value tasks on your to-do list and then you feel accomplished because you've just checked off some some bunch of tasks and the important tasks actually are still sitting there because you didn't want to take uh, take care of them yes it's i'm so glad you brought it up it's so so important because a lot of people i've talked to is they do the shortest time task first the easiest task first but you know, it's the golden hour. I would say golden hour trauma. This is a golden hour productivity in the morning. You do the hardest thing first, the thing that you are not looking forward to tackle first. So um, example would be I had like five scientific articles I had to like go through and actually, you know, make Excel sheets, um, you know, collect the data, put it on Excel. So that's an example or go through a bunch of other inputs from other scientists and I have to compile them and come up with a summary uh, on my own. Um, other things could be taxes. You know, we hate looking through our W-2 and 1099, um, creating a personal financial statement. That takes some deep work too. And it will take like an hour or two if you really want to do it right or if you haven't logged into all of your institutions for a while. Um, or if you're creating a slideshow, a presentation, or if you're practicing a speech, a presentation too, sometimes I do that in the morning as well. So uh, I don't, and I don't know, I wonder if you have any examples of some of the deep work I, you need to do that might be Yeah, good. so, so you know, I think um, I do, uh, some of the stuff I do follow, like uh, especially preparing the night before, I think that really helps me because when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel lost. I don't feel like I don't have an agenda for the day. And, um, you know, uh, when I'm working, you know, I, of course, there, there are, you know, responsibilities at home that I need to take care of. Um, so I don't necessarily follow the sleep to flow because it just doesn't work uh, with young kids. Why my younger one wakes up at like six o'clock in the morning. So so it doesn't work. But but I do have tasks that are that are there on my list for that particular day to finish. And I have like times uh, written next to them. That helps me. And I do it like every day or at least I plan for a week. And then I pivot based on, you know, based on the availability of time. So that certainly, that certainly is helpful for me. 
in terms of planning things. I think it's always about um, you know how you are able to plan. You really have to be intentional and intensive about planning your days. Um, otherwise, things just slip through the cracks. Yeah, yeah, and it you're you're totally right in terms of the top three priorities you put on the times. You don't just list the top three uh, for those who are listening. You would prioritize. It's top three, but what is actually number one? I, I number them. I actually have a post-it too, like, and I check it off. Like, this is number one, two, three, so that I it's mentally in my mind, the priority. Um, and then looking, it's very important to look a week ahead or look the day ahead too of things that are coming up so that you don't miss things. So. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us about your podcast, uh, and I want to know what what made you start this podcast. Where are you headed with this, and uh, and what it's all about? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's on productivity relationships and then optimal health. Uh, it's called it's not a rocket science show, but I am rebranding, so everything is going to be changed over to productivity MD. So you can right now still go to it's not rocket show dot com. I share my journey in real estate. I share um, you know episode eight, nine, ten. Uh, on my journey to become a NASA flight surgeon for those of you interested in aerospace medicine. And uh, also productivity, of course, any emotional intelligence items um, or just kind of things uh, in the interviews of other people who are in this realm in this space as well. So um, I want to focus and niche, niche down more uh, regarding productivity. And then same thing, uh, it's going to be complementary to um, you know, for people who can't, who don't, are not in the Facebook group or who are not my clients in Productivity MD coaching, then they can go to at least a podcast to get the information they need. And how can people reach out to you if they want to work with you, uh, have you as a productivity coach? Uh, yes, um, they can go to itsatrockandsignshow.com right now, um, book a 30-minute call with me, a complimentary productivity customization session. Um that the times are very limited because that's all the time I have, that time block, <laughs> um, but that's okay. And then they can find me on all social media. Uh, it's Anne, A-N-N-T-S-U-N-G, uh, M-D on all across social media. And also, if you, um, you could see the links, I think, on Inside Rocket Science Show on my social media. If you go into the Facebook group where we have a private productivity MD mastermind, I have in there um, a gift of free, like a seven-day course on productivity. So it's it's very it's a video course uh, every day, and there's like a PDF document. So for those of you guys who are not ready to get coached, or if you just like want bite-sized content every day for seven days, and go in there, go into the Facebook group. The entire course is on. Yeah, and you know I have had a session with you, the the thirty-minute session. I think that was super helpful for me because. Um, it's a, it's very it's very helpful when somebody else like looks at your life from a from a zoom or zoomed out perspective and gives you feedback on that because uh, that helps you understand the global uh, the global picture of your life your relationships with people and where you can optimize. So I, I again want to thank you for that session that you did for me and uh, for our listeners and viewers. Uh, please do reach out to Dr. Sung. She is an amazing productivity coach, and I'm sure she'll be able to help you out. Well, this was a fun uh, conversation, Anne. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you. It's been an honor. I had so much fun and I appreciate you know the presence and the attention of you and also the guests who are listening. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Immigrant Doctor Podcast. If you would like to learn more, head to www.theimmigrantdoctor.com. See you again soon on another episode and another amazing journey.